0: the armor of God is not I mean it's not an option you have to put it on you have to when you wake up you've got to be ready the enemy will attack you in your mind he will discourage you with your past he'll try to bring you down so much oh you can't he'll tell you you can't be victorious you have to take every thought captive and you have to look at the word of God and say well, well that's what the Bible says different the Bible says I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me
1: In this live message, Victor ministers on the importance of taking our minds captive when we're tempted to become discouraged or fall back into sin in the face of life's disappointments. Just as Joshua and Nehemiah faced multiple letdowns, even from those around them, God's love and mercy are never too far out of reach to set us back on the right track. More on this in today's message, When Life Doesn't Go As Planned, with Victor Marks.
0: Sometimes things come out of nowhere in our lives, huh? Where it's just boom. We don't see it. We don't expect it. It just happens. And it can be everything from a weather condition. It could be a health condition where you get sick. You get really sick. It could be a spouse who just simply lets you know we're done. And uh, I mean, I, I've got a, a new friend who, that's exactly what happened to him. He called me and said, Man, my wife, out of nowhere, served me two things a restraining order and divorce papers. And they've got children. And I'm just, what? Christian couple. I just, ah, oh, aren't broke. Sometimes it's sudden. Sometimes it's just a prolonged thing or one trial after another after another and you just get worn down. Amen? And just like uh, those of you who have had back injuries or chronic pain, you just get worn down. And somewhere along the line, you come to the conclusion that life stinks. (laughs) Or it stinketh if you're King James person. (laughs) <laughs> what do you do when your life stinketh? Well, let's look at a hero of mine in the Bible. We're going to look at a couple of them. First one's Joshua. Joshua, chapter 7. Now, if you remember, Joshua was a fellow who took over for Moses, right? And uh, he was an accomplished military man, he was a, a great leader. Here's Joshua. He takes over, and the Lord gives him some personal life coaching in the beginning of the book. And uh, you ought to read it sometime if you never have. It's just kind of a real story. uh, You know, some Bible stories sound Bible-ish. This is real, just like, this could really happen. And Joshua, although they're all true, but I mean, this is pretty simple. God is, he commands Joshua and tells him what to do and, and guides him, direct him. I mean, he talks to him about don't be afraid, have courage. And, I mean, he just encourages him. And then when he is called into battle, they have an incredible victory, especially the battle of Jericho. I mean, Joshua's just all on it. It's good stuff. But then here we get to chapter 7 and things don't turn out that good. As a matter of fact, In 6, you can read it on your own, how they're going to take this little town of Ea. And they're so confident that they got this that he just goes ahead and says, Well, you know, let's just send a little few men. We don't need a big army. So they go over there, and man, they get trounced, people. They get bloody-nosed pretty good. As a matter of fact, they, they lose a number of their men, and it shakes everybody to the core. Because how could you go from one victory, so great, life's good, to the next? Oh, shoot. it's really bad. And Joshua is so tore up about this. I mean, he actually, chapter 7, verse 6, says that he tore his clothes, fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening, and He and all the elders of Israel. Then they put dust on their heads. And then Joshua said, "Alas, O God, why have you brought this people over to the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would that have been content? We would have just been content to be on the Jordan. Says the Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned uh, their backs before their enemies? Here's the deal. Back in that day, it's not like here. We're isolated for the most part. And our enemies, on a large scale, nationwide or overseas, the terrorists, they try to infiltrate and do their deal here. We saw that 9-11. But during the Bible time, they were traveling together. So battle and victory, victory was a must. Defeat wasn't optional. They they never planned on defeat. If you, if you got defeated by the enemy, they would take your wives. They would take your children. They would kill them. It was brutal. And it wasn't shooting. There wasn't bombs. It was a very bloody, always bloody. They used edge weapons. So they're hacking people. They're running them through. It was, it's a mess, those battles. Does that make sense? And they're saying, God, we just got defeated. And I love the way the Lord, if we go down to verse 10, this is how he responds to Joshua. Two words. Get up. That don't sound very goddish, but I like it. He just says, get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They've transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things, they have stolen, they lied, and they put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become, get this, devoted for destruction. And I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Now get up. He says it again. Consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. Now he goes on to say, but he's right here. God's telling them, I'm going to tell you why your life stinks. (laughs) Because y'all sinned against me. You've broken a covenant. What I told you not to do. And and the deal is when they were going to take all the the gold and jewels, they said, hey, you give that to the Lord, right? But some people took it. it was, and they they called it sin in the camp. It was a guy named Achan. And you can go on to read about that a little later. But this, this guy had sinned. He had taken it. And we think his kids did too. And they were hiding it. And God calls them out on it. He said, you can't stand before your enemies. Because they've stolen. And they've lied. Some of the most miserable people I know, and I have been one before, and I hope I'm not again. But of those who profess to know Jesus Christ and they live one foot in the ways of this world and they live one foot in the church or they straddle the fence. Have you ever thought about, have you ever straddled a fence? Anybody? Have you ever tried to cross a fence and not made it? That's straddling a fence. Especially if you're running from people and you miss it and you land in this region on the fence. It's uncomfortable in every way. I'm telling you right now. You either got to be for the Lord, with the Lord all the way, or not. Because you will start justifying your behavior and your sin through all kind of crazy ways. When we justify our sin. I heard that our mind is never more clever than when it comes time for self-deception. And you think your little sin... Is hidden. There's no such thing as hidden sin. You know why? Because God sees you. And so does the cloud of witnesses, I believe. Because it says they you know they're cheering us on. Now God is not waiting to crack you with a hammer when you blow it, but if he loves you, he will discipline you. Does that make sense? And let's start with relationships. You know, now granted. Those of you who are younger, you are definitely being raised in a, a godless society. I mean, wretched. Just look at the music, the movies. Look at the things that influence our culture. It's, uh, it's pretty tough. But you know what? I don't feel sorry for you one bit. Because if you are a professing believer and you live for Christ, the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and can keep you completely whole and pure in this very dark world. I see it. But when you start getting into relationships and you dishonor God and you dishonor other people by entering into sexual stuff, let me tell you what, it's love. I love him. He loved me. That's how some people justify No, no, we love each other. We love it. Yeah, but you have to wait you're married, dad, you know, sex. And people will tell you all kind of things. If he loved you, he'd put a ring on it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Not just put a ring on it, but he'd say, I do. I do. Because my dad was a pimp. He had plenty of rings. He never married them. All right? And then once the, you know, it's like, girl, be Pure before God. These men are just going to use you. These boys are going to play you. They're tall, oh, sweet, and boom. And I, It's constant coaching. And then I find myself on this side with, with married folks. And the men are saying, uh, there's no intimacy in our relationship anymore. And now we got to coach women, hey, enjoy that with your husband. Let Come on now. Or as my wife says in the women's conference, don't make your man susceptible to the temptations of this world or porn. Enjoy what God has given you. Do you see how weird the enemy is? Get you to sleep before and don't sleep after. And men, let me talk to y'all. Be a man. Be a man. If you're single, honor women. Honor girls. God, come on. Why are you going to get next to her? If you don't marry her, that's someone else's wife. You want to see her later? Or her husband? Things would change if there was a guarantee that every girl you slept with, their husband would come back and beat your face in. (laughs) You wouldn't even know it. He just shows up. (coughs) Leaves a card. That was my wife. Summer of 72, punk. Wake up. Oh, shoot. Um, Broke the law of God. Just reap my consequence. God has a better way. He has a better way. We humans, we think we know better. We don't. It's sin. It's absolutely sin. And I say that word because I went to one church and the pastor told me, don't say, we don't say sin from our pulpit. I mean, there's other words we use. Sin is so negative. It was a big old church, too. Super church. Dun, 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 dun. I was like, I thought he was joking. He wasn't joking. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. No sin. Okay. So I went out there and it slipped out a bunch of times. Uh, well, what are they going to do? Pull me off the stage? I said, ah, back off, Jackson. Oh, it's my time. I don't think I got an iron ring, But no, you know what? You preach the truth. You believe the truth. And if you fall or if you stumble, because we do in whatever area, you get back up. That's what you do. You get back up. Don't become a victim and, oh, I'm just, I'm... I have to sin. No, you don't. I and I like this guy. We're gonna to go to this is the second part, Nehemiah. We don't have much long. So Nehemiah. But look, we're gonna go real quick on this. This is Nehemiah. Remember rebuilding the wall? He had all kind of trouble in his life. People talking down on him, discouraging the enemy, fear, all that. And I love the response for Nehemiah, and this is how we'll kind of remember this. This is his response. Nehemiah chapter four, verse fourteen. Nehemiah says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Listen, we are in a battle. It's a spiritual battle. It is on bacon, as we say down south. And it's every day. The arm of God is not, I mean, it's not an option. You have to put it on. You have to mend it. When you wake up, you got to be ready. The enemy will attack you in your mind. He will discourage you with your past. He'll try to bring you down so much. Oh, you can't. He'll tell you, you can't be victorious. You have to take every thought captive, and you have to look at the Word of God and say, well, well, that's what the Bible says, different. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. So, man, if you struggle with pornography, you got to say that scripture every day. And then don't make a way for the flesh, right? Yeah. If there are things in your life that you know are going to cause you to sin, then cut it out. Don't make a way for it. If social media is a stumbling block to y'all, if you if you got a Facebook page and you got old romances on there, t- turn it off. In your Facebook page. Let me tell you something. Don't make a way for the flesh. If you're in bad business dealings, if you're doing stuff that dishonors God and you know it, just stop it. Just simply stop it. Come clean. Tell people, I'm out. Hey, I know guys who have come out of the gang lifestyle who have had to tell people, I'm out, man, at the risk of their very life. I know guys who prison who go, I ain't going to affiliate, man, I'm out. I'm going to chapel. I'm going to follow God. And you know what? Even them, even some of the toughest, meanest killers in the world will give them quarry or let them go. But I'll tell you what. If they try to play both sides of the fence, they'll be the first to ice pick them suckers. They say, you be all in or not. When you're in prison, you got to be all in or not. Out here, it's a little little easier to hide. Make no provision for the flesh. If God has disciplined you, you know what? Repent. With fruits worthy of repentance. Don't say you're sorry, but then you keep going back. That's a sorry that's not unto repentance. That's a sorry that you got caught or busted. Through repentance said Lord, you're broken over it. You don't, you don't want to go there again. When God forgives you, accept his forgiveness. And be done with it. Don't mull around. Don't be condemned. Condemnation is not in God's economy. He forgives and it's done. And then you walk in freedom. Quickly. Get back up. Does that make sense? The other thing I'll just briefly say is sometimes God isn't disciplining you for sin. You do a heart check, but what He's actually doing is just pruning you for greater works. You know the crazy thing? Being disciplined by God for sin and then being pruned... A lot of times it feels the same way. But don't worry. you got to gotta go back to what you know. you got to remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And He loves you. He loves you. And maybe you don't know the Lord. So you don't know that love. You don't have that peace and assurance. But it's there for you. The cross proves it. The cross proves He loves you. Maybe you're caught up. I mean, you just stumbled by, you go, well, Victor, I know evil people that, you know what? They're not getting disciplined. And it, it bothers you. You see them, you see them living wrong, but their life seems to be okay. Trust me. Trust the Word of God. No evil deed ever goes unpunished. No evil deed. And people who live evil lives and against God and rebellion, they think they get away with it, but they will get caught. I'll end with this. I got a friend back east who I was visiting with him, and he's a good brother. He was former military. He's an intel guy. Got out. Now he does special operations for the Department of Defense and the CIA and all kind of crazy stuff. Anyhow, he hunts people down, and he gets the bad guys. His last guy was a number five al-Qaeda leader. We watched my movie together, and we shed some tears because he had a pretty tough background. That's what drives him. Uh, but he knows and loves the Lord. And God's working his life. But he was impacted pretty deeply. And, and uh, the week I stayed with him, the last day he went down to his basement. He said, Victor, I want to give you something. And he's, he's been on crazy missions. And, <laughs> and I said, okay. So he comes back and he pulls this thing out and he gives it to me. He says, I want you to have this. And I'm like, oh, thank you. It's a tile. And he kind of snickers. He said, yeah. But he said, that tile came out of Osama bin Laden's headquarters in Afghanistan. And it's a reminder always that good will triumph over evil. And God does get the final say, no matter what evil people think. Because he's true, he's right, he's holy, and no one gets away. Let's remember that. Okay, I told my friend, man! If the ministry starts hurting for money, I'm gonna put this on eBay, brother." <laughs> and then he mumbled something about a drone hitting my car, and I wouldn't hear it. I what was that? <laughs> you guys, life does stink at times because we live in a stinketh world. But God is good all the time, and if you get disciplined for sin, man
1: Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.